Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Jennifer and the team at Harshman Services do an amazing job of helping businesses grow and become more successful and organized by using blog posts, search engine optimization, and email marketing to reach your clients. I'm so thankful for how Jennifer and her team have helped me become more successful in my business. And if you're a realtor out there, I know that you can often get stressed and want to work smarter, not harder. You need something that you can set and forget about. So check out what Jennifer has built at RealtorEmails.com. She has an amazing offer and affordable tools to help you become more successful in your business. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. On today's interview, I have a very special guest with us, my friend, Christopher Dobbs. So Chris is a mortgage loan officer and has been a mortgage loan officer for about five years now and works for Geneva Financial. And Chris has helped many clients with their financial situation over his career. He has a passion for helping people achieve their dream of home ownership. Chris is also involved in the community and he plays clarinet for the Lampeter Strasburg Community Band. He lives in East Calico Township in Lancaster County. And Chris also recently joined Total Life Freedom, which we talk about all the time on this show. So I'm sure we'll jump into it, but Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, John. So excited to be here and finally glad to have the opportunity to be on the Real Estate Survival Guide. Guys, Chris has asked for a long time to be on the show, and I basically told him $12. And so uh, I'll make sure I get that 12 bucks from you later, Chris. But seriously, welcome to the show. Yeah, you can Venmo me. Welcome to the show. Um, We have been on quite a journey together, really since my real estate career started, but really we've been on similar paths where our business grew at like similar, you know, volumes where we, you know, doubled or tripled our volume. And so we've both been really blessed. And I just wanted to kind of have you on the show, talk about what you're doing, talk about your business, how you've created success and how that can relate to realtors out there. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing, you know, when it comes to, you know, success and trying to get to that point is consistency. And being able to take actions that matter and essentially execute those on a daily, weekly, monthly process, whatever that looks like. And just make sure that you're continuing to do it time and time and time and time again. And I mean, I think what it was for me with COVID was at that point, I knew I was changing companies. So initially when COVID hit, I was laying low wasn't really doing too much. In fact, some of my days would be filled up by playing Madden with potential future clients. And then and realtors and realtors. And, yes. And realtors. And, <laughs> and uh, we, we won't mention the realtor that I was playing a lot of those matches against. But uh, with that being said, then I made this presentation about getting a pre-approval in a pandemic. And I did that for my business networking group and business development group. And then I decided, you know what? I'm taking this out to the streets. I'm going to do this with with realtors. And so I was the face of Facebook Live for like two, three months while Pennsylvania was in their real estate shutdown. And, you know, I remember as a part of that, you know, you and I did Mortgage Mondays. Mm -hmm. Man, it's been so long since uh, 
we've had that opportunity, but our businesses grew during that time frame. Yeah. Um, and by the time that real estate opened up their doors, my phone lit up and the success has come ever since. And and at the end of the day, if if I wasn't consistent and if I wasn't, you know, doing those actions for three years, I wouldn't be where I am today. There's there's no question. And and uh, you know, the other you know thing to say there is, you know, thank goodness, you know, for for God and and uh, yeah. just uh, how much He's blessed me in my business. And you know, I'm very lucky and very fortunate that you know I'm in a position where because of that success, I was also able to you know fully tithe with my church, which is pretty exciting. So when you ever get to that point, and I know that's such a tough thing when, you know, you have them, you know, the mindset of, Hey, I, I can't really do this. I can't really give, I have nothing to give to the point of, you know, I don't even think about it when I write the check, yeah. you know, it's pretty amazing. So talk to me more about, I mean, I've, and I think I've had an episode where, you know, we talked about doing the things that others won't. I, I think COVID was a huge opportunity for both of us in our business. I remember being a new realtor. We had connected and created this friendship, but nobody really knew us. And then I suddenly started having Mortgage Mondays. And this has been a big piece of my growth. I was just out there every Monday on social media and people suddenly saw me as the real estate expert. Now it's sort of like fake it till you make it. Nowhere did I say to anybody, I'm like scared, crapless, like getting on the, these Facebook lives. I just got on. And really, I, you know, I think another piece here is like, you don't have to be the expert. So for instance, I remember having you on some Mondays and being like, okay, what are we talking about? And you would tell me, and I had literally no clue, but I connected with someone that knew what was going on, that had this expertise, was sharing it. And suddenly I became like the guy that people contacted and both of us, like people saw that and our business grew through that, but I didn't necessarily. And I think, you know, you'll do that for other realtors. You've offered that. I didn't have to be the expert. I just had to be connected to someone and have you on there. Yeah. And as far as realtor relationships with the lender, you know, I'm going to do anything I can to help any of my partners to be able to help grow their business. And essentially what I kind of jokingly tell people, because, you know, I grew up in the 90s, is that, you know, working with me as a real estate agent, we can kind of like choose your own adventure. That's right, right, right. Yeah. Well, so talk more about that. I, I think not to sit here and toot your horn a little bit, maybe, but I think one of the things, you know, go back to the things others aren't doing. So a lot of lenders when, okay, they get the pre-approval and then they never get back to anybody, right? You and I are working with a mutual client right now who is under contract that they originally were working with another lender. And I said, you need to work with Chris. And they said, no, we're loyal to this lender, loyal to this lender, loyal to this lender. And you and me kind of talked where it was just like, let it go. We're just going to let it play out. You're going to do the stuff like if they need numbers and that lender's not responding, you'll run the numbers with no expectation. Um, and I think there's a big p- lesson there. But they eventually, they asked this other lender for a cost estimate. And the other lender never responded. Still to this day, probably two months later, that lender who their family member had used has never gotten back to them. So... I'm sure you see it a lot where other lenders are going to drop the ball, have hidden cost, have this or that, where you're kind of like, hey, this is an opportunity for me if I just create the relationship and do a good job to earn the business. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing 
that you and I, you know, have done working together is we have a similar philosophy on how we handle our business. And the big portion of that is building relationships. And it's all about the relationship. And what I really mean by that, and to just kind of dive into that a little bit further, is making sure that you're responsive, making sure that you're asking questions that take care of the buyer's needs, such as, where do you want your monthly budget to be? How much out of pocket do you want to spend? And don't get me wrong, there are times that we go over the budget you know, on both the payment and the out-of-pocket. In fact, there's plenty of those situations where that happens, but still putting the client's mind at ease of, you know, hey, this is what we're shooting for. This is what we're going to initially go for. And then as market conditions start to change or whatever we have going on, obviously we, you know, sometimes we have to push that box sometimes, but in a perfect world, we don't. And then, you know, from there, you know, once they put in an offer, just connecting again with the listing agent, you know, you send out an email, I'm included on it, you know, as a part of that, you know, that's extremely important because now we're trying to build rapport with the listing agent. And in fact, um, we had a situation where, you know, we're working with a listing agent now, and then we had another client where they happened to be the listing agent and something happened, it fell through. And then we got the opportunity and because of our name and the relationship that we have working together, that ended up working out. So that's super exciting. And then after closing, we always try to connect with the clients afterwards as well. And again, just building those yep. relationships, building that rapport and, you know, attending settlement when I possibly can. You know, I, I rarely miss a settlement. It happens, but it, but it's very rare. And again, it's all about building that relationship with the client. So let's let's jump into that, because again, and you know, I say this on almost every episode, there's no script. It's just a conversation. But one of the little notes I had written down was just show up. And I actually have a I have an episode that was released, you know, recently in in mid-May that talked about doing the little things. And I think one of the reasons we are successful. But again, the interview is hearing how you do things. But I think one of the reasons that you have success is by doing the little things or another way could be just showing up. So talk to me about why it's important for you to show up at settlement. So and, and I'll just say, you know, before I let you answer that, I think I've had, oh, geez, uh, 40, 50 settlements probably. And I think the lenders you've come to almost all of yours where you're the lender and other lenders only one time has another lender come on either side. And so it's very rare to see the lender at settlement. So why is that important to you? Yeah, no, great question. And and again, it's about building that rapport because usually when I am going to settlement, unless there had been some reason where I needed to meet with the client to pick up documents or I just happened to be driving down to Florida on a road trip and the house was right off of ID3, um, that was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good day. And then having somebody, you know, record you as you're walking through the parking lot of Royal Farms. But um, with that being said, uh, good times. But um, going back on topic here, you know, the, the importance of it is more than likely that settlement's actually the first time I'm meeting the client That's as right. the lender. Yep. And I want to be able to develop that person, the person contact in a digital world because, you know, if I end up going completely digital, well, then I can be compared to 
the likes of other big online lenders. Yeah. And I don't want to be transactional where it's all about the transaction because if it's about the transaction and if it's not about the service, then we're looking at price. And when it comes to interest rates, it's very competitive, especially in a market like this right now. And if I'm not the lowest for whatever reason, you know, I need to be able to do something to make myself stand out. And service is where I can help make up for that difference if there is one. And I think, too, there's been opportunities. So, you know, for various reasons, we've gone to settlements together. I remember the one in Williamsport. I remember the one we had in the Westchester area. And I remember being in a home in Westchester. Now, you could have said, no, screw that. I'm not going with you. You have to do the walkthrough an hour before. I'm not going to waste my time. Instead, you showed up when we got there and there was a leaky faucet or toilet or whatever it was. We said, "Okay, this is a repair. What do we ask for? I think we settled on a thousand dollars or somewhere around there. And you were literally in the kitchen of the home scrambling with your back office at the time. You know, if the listing agent and the seller agreed to make an adjustment on the settlement paperwork. So then when we got to settlement an hour later, you know, they printed new documents and we were good to go. And so I think it also goes back to that experience. Okay, what if you wouldn't have been there? And and it's fine. You didn't have to be. Well, then I'm calling you. And what if you're in a meeting and then we get to settlement and we're sitting there waiting? So I think with those clients who bought in Westchester, it gave this great experience of, wow, it just so happened that Chris and John drove together, that there's an issue with this home that Chris can basically on the back end on the numbers fix this like in real time right now while we're here. Yeah, that was, man, and I am so glad you brought that up uh, because I remember that particular interaction very vividly. And I remember from your car, you're in the passenger seat with the laptop, you know, working on your end to get the agenda taken care of. I was in the kitchen working on getting my stuff taken care of as well. But the beauty of that was like, you and I do a really good job of bouncing ideas off of one another whenever there's an issue or if there's a problem Mm -hmm. or if there's an idea. And the common joke in between you and I that I end up talking to your clients about or our clients is, you know, hey, I'm veering in John's lane and John's veering in my lane here and there. And and for the most part, there is this, hey, stay in your own lane mantra when it comes to realtors and lenders for the most part, you know, hey, you shouldn't really be focusing on this and or whatever. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's not my goal to become the realtor. I don't ever want to become a realtor. So there we go. That uh, quashes that rumor right now. Um, (laughs) But with that being said, you know, it's always good to be able to bounce those ideas whenever we have those, because the more efficiently that you and I can work as a team, the better it is for the relationship for both of us for that particular transaction and, you know, future referrals down the line and, you know, reviews. And I know you said on one of your recent episodes that, you know, you have a hundred percent feedback from all of your clients, which is amazing. Um, I certainly don't have that, but I can tell you that the clients that I do work with that have you as the real estate agent, they're more likely to write the review because they're already doing it for you. Yeah. And I think we we literally before we got on today, I messaged and I was actually waiting if I didn't if I didn't respond quick enough. I was waiting for you to be like, no, John, they don't want to write you a review because I messaged in the group thread that we all have. Hey, guys, can you do me a favor? And of course, later. Yes, of course. Would you be willing to write me a review? And I think it goes back to 
asking for those things. It kind of goes back to what you're saying about consistency. So I, I think another thing, people can often look at us as realtors and lenders and say, oh, Chris is just trying to max me out of my price range, right? And so what kind of things do you do? I see you doing business differently. What kinds of things are you doing to let your clients know, hey, my goal here is not the highest price? Like, what are those, what do those conversations look like for you? Sure. And, you know, I would definitely say, you know, things I've alluded to earlier, you know, asking about, hey, what's the maximum out of pocket here? You know, what's the maximum monthly payment? And usually what I say to complement that is, hey, look, at the end of the day, you know, after this is all said and done, I do not want you opening up that mortgage statement, asking for the bill and you swearing my name up and down because I made your house poor. And I would much rather put you in a situation that you're more comfortable with now, because when it comes time for your refinance, or if it comes time for your future purchase with John or whoever else it may be, you know, I want to be the person. Only John, only John. <laughs> I want to be the person yep. that you come back to mm-hmm. to get that next mortgage done. And that's that's so important. And, you know, the, I guess the mantra that I would also say to that's mortgage lender for life, you know, is, is, you know, I'm not in it for the one transaction that we're doing at this time. I'm in it for the rest of your life. And, and I want to be that person that you continue to ask questions to and, and be that resource uh, so that way, you know, I can help you at every step of, of your lifetime. And I think, too, it, it just goes back to interacting with the clients and treating them the right way. And I've shared about the luxury listing I had, you know, in, in May and, and April on, on the podcast. Well, that deal, and again, uh, whatever it is, 29, 30,000, whatever it is, commission, whatever that is, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change my life. But if I create such a good experience, that they tell 10 friends that that's that's life changing if you do you know a, a good number of listings but i think the same way on the mortgage side we do and i think you do a great job of having conversations with your clients right we've had conversations recently where two recent as i look at my board two recent clients were not the top offer and we both had conversations with both of those clients what is this home worth to you? Again, not to max out their budget, but instead to say, hey, this will cost you X number of dollars more per month. Is that worth it to try to beat out this other offer? Yeah, no, and that's a very good point. And, you know, again, it just really comes down to the expertise, you know, knowing the situation. And like, there's been times where also like I've been able to help with the real estate agent kind of come up with some ideas about how to attack an offer because That's of some right. things that I've seen. And again, it's not because I want to veer in your lane and, and I want to take yep. over your negotiations because I want nothing to do with it. But if I can help you get your client in under contract, you're getting paid. And you know, for the most part, let's let's be honest. One of the reasons why you get in the real estate is because naturally you want to help people, but yeah, yeah, it's about the money sometimes. And anytime that I have the opportunity to be able to help that real estate agent earn that commission on on that deal is huge. And if that's either through the collaboration that you know we just discussed a moment ago, if that's through different services that I would offer for free, if that's 
hosting an open house together, if that's yep. coming up with marketing material or, you know, the beauty of where I'm at now is I have a marketing coordinator that, you know, we can literally kind of help choose your path on what you want to do as far as from a marketing standpoint. And so the options are pretty solid. You know, the one thing I won't do is pay for half of your co-marketing on Zillow and pay for those leads. So while the options are pretty much unlimited, there are a couple of things I will not do just out of a philosophy standpoint. But, you know, a strong partnership, you know, doesn't need half of the money towards Zillow because the moment that you stop contributing, you're done. Well, and I think the other part too, neither of us are out there like trying to get leads or trying to like beg people to work with us because it goes back. I feel like the whole thing of the episode goes back to that consistency, the weekly, daily, monthly consistency, doing the things the others won't. I'm not out there begging for clients, right? Or, you know, on Facebook, hey, please work with me so I can pay my bills. We're not doing that because we've created success. And even you sharing, right? And you have, and and I have sharing our journey of like coming out of debt and paying off debt and, and those kinds of things. You recently did a really great video about like, thank you for all my clients that trusted me as I drove this, what, 350,000 mile Toyota Corolla? 380,000 yes. miles, 2005 Toyota Corolla. It is what I, what people would say is, is my Dave Ramsey car. <laughs> but I, but I think the thing too is, by sharing that journey, even sort of in a joking way, you're you're not in that place now, right? You you have the car and you're running until it's dead. But it also is you're not out there out of desperation looking for business. You're out there. How can I help people? And I think that is the biggest thing. If you seek to help people for and this is just for realtors, lenders, whoever you are, if you seek to help people, the other stuff will work itself out. When I've had clients and you've done right, that client was not working with you and you ran numbers. I've had people that say to me, hey, John, I'm interested in this rental. I cannot help them. I don't make a penny on a rental, but I'll send them some stuff and try to help them because guess what? The people renting homes now are buying in a year or two years or five years. So why would I be like, no, you big jerk? I'm not going to help you. Well, then why would I trust you when it's time to buy a home? Yeah. Well, on the other end of that, too, is... uh if I remember that particular instance correctly, I believe I sent out that estimate at 11.30 p.m. It was definitely late at night, and it was definitely almost immediately. And, and I was I, yeah. at a friend's in Maryland. You were. There's been times, and you've done things. You, Man, you sent me a cost estimate. What? You were at a friend's house. You were at a wedding once, and you sent me a cost estimate. Now, I do think there's this balance of like having a personal life, right? And we both have worked on that in our business. But there's also this like, hey, I got to show up, whether that is a physical show up, like I'm at settlement or I'm showing up like I'm just here responding, even if it's, you know, that other lender did not ever respond to that email for you is like, hey, I'm I'm busy right now. I can do this at 7 p.m. tonight. Open and honest communication is a game changer. I found that that's gone a very long way. You know, being able to, you know, openly communicate and, you know, especially as a lender, when you're having, you know, multiple relationships with with realtors and like you have to show up and like you never know when those moments are going to be when you have to show up. But it's really about how you can handle that particular inquiry, because what ends up happening is 
the lender mindset is, oh, John Strickland's reaching out to me. I need to respond to this like this second. Yep. So crafting certain questions such as, okay, well, when are offers due by? You know, which is a, yep. a nice way of saying, is this really a priority at this particular second? Uh, because, you know, if offers are due on Friday and you're asking me today on a Monday, yep. which is when this is getting recorded, okay, I can push that out Tuesday, no problem, yes. right? Yes. I don't need to do that Monday, the moment I get off of this podcast episode, right? And I think what we're learning too with our clients is like, if we're just honest, they respect, hey, I'm busy tonight. I'll do this tomorrow. Now, again, if offers are due at 10 p.m. tonight, you would prioritize differently. This is this is a today priority right now. Or this, is, this is a tomorrow priority. And just that open and honest communication really helps and makes clients, I, I think, want to work with you. And that's why you've had success. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing I'll, I'll say too, that I wanted to kind of talk about earlier as you were talking about, you know, helping and, and having that success and not begging for six, you know, for clients to work with you. Yep. I'll be flat out honest. I fired clients. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I actually had an instance. It wasn't with you. Uh, it just happened a couple of months ago where you know, the guy reached out to me. He was interested in buying a house. I uh, had a little bit of a spotty job history and I, I picked that up on my initial phone call and, and, you know, asked some more questions to kind of get an idea of, you know, Hey, what can we do to line this up here? And it, it took them weeks to finally get something on a piece of paper. And, and one of my things as a lender is like, if you can't identify it to your job history, okay, show me your resume. Your mm -hmm. resume is going to have the dates. It's going to have right. the company. Do I technically need it to give it to the underwriter? No, I absolutely am not going to give that to the underwriter, but it at least lines up the information that I need to be able to figure things out. So I finally got it. And then it turned out that the information that's on the resume versus the information I was verbally told were inconsistent. So now I was concerned about that. And then later in that conversation, they started to be a little bit more demanding with their questions. And I deserve this and I deserve that. And, and don't get me wrong, all clients that we work with deserve whatever they want, but it's all about the tone and, and all about how that yep. comes across. And it gets, just got to the point where like my stress level working with that client was way over what it was worth. So what did I ended up doing, I fired the client. Now I was very nice about it. You know, I said, you know, look, I, I just can't provide the level of service that you're looking for. And it's okay to say that. And then what I ended up doing is I ended up referring it to another mortgage lender who I felt that would be able to be a little bit more in line with their goals. And that's the beauty of my industry is I kind of have an idea of who's who. And, you know, when there's a referral opportunity, I'll gladly give that opportunity. And in fact, I just did that again over the weekend where I recommended, hey, I think I, you should work with you know, X company, because I think that's going to be a better opportunity. Well, lo and behold, that particular client ended up terminating the day of closing. Oh my goodness. It was a sign. It was So a sign. sometimes the best deals that you do in your career are the ones you don't do. And that's the reason why I'm bringing it up. And it's like John Stonge says, who's in TLF with us. Every time I say no to something or every time I say yes to something, it's a no to something else. I we were talking and I handed was about to hand off a client, a mutual client that you had, you know, kindly referred to me. And I was like, I'm going to hand this off right as I had this luxury listing. And again, it wasn't a price thing. It was just a 
time commitment and knowing that the luxury listing would take a while. And you, you totally understood. Now, for longer than short of it, I ended up working and running the whole deal to the settlement table. But I don't know that I would have had the bandwidth mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually to accept the luxury listing had I not handed it off for a period of time. And you have to say no to some things and yes to other things and and say the best yes or no. And knowing when to do that. And then the other point of that, too, is knowing how you're going to handle a handoff. Yes. Also crucial. Yes. Yeah. So, Chris, I've appreciated your time as as we kind of close out. I have two questions to, to finish out. So for the realtor out there or lender or who's ever listening to this that is just frustrated, feeling alone, feeling kind of maybe like we were three, four years ago in our businesses, like, oh, and now COVID has shut us down. What would be a piece of advice you would tell them? Continue to stay consistent. If you're planting your seeds today, they will grow tomorrow. Not all flowers will bloom, but some will. Yeah, that's really good. And then another would be, all right, so go back to yourself the minute you got into the mortgage business, 2017, right? Yep. Like you're sitting down with yourself. It's your first day. What would be a piece of advice you'd give to yourself? And maybe it's to be consistent, but if there's another piece of advice you would have told yourself. Learn as much about the business as you can. Yeah. Uh, I've learned so much in five years. You know, it's been absolutely crazy. Just my personal development in my career going from, you know, working for, you know, a large bank and then switching to a mortgage broker and then switching to a retail firm. And now where I'm a team leader, it's been such a wild ride. And so the biggest piece of advice I'd give myself day one is just learn as much about the business as you can. So that way, you know, you can speak more confidently to clients, to business partners and to everyone around you. Yeah, for sure. And and it's it's so interesting just kind of following your journey, being a part of it and and our businesses how they've kind of intertwined a little bit because people often look at, you know, you and me and say like, "Oh, well, what do you get from referring business to Chris? Or what do you get from referring business to John? I know I'm one of your top real estate partners, but there's others as as well." And the answer is a good experience for our clients, right? Like like that's it. I get $0 from handing people to you, just like you get $0 from handing people to me and your other partners, but your client gets a great experience. And like I said, I, you know, I mentioned you by name on an episode talking about like, if you've got people on your team and I can just hand the mortgage piece off to Chris and you handle it and get it to the settlement table, it takes stress off of me and I can focus on, okay, finding the house and buying the house. Yeah. I mean, the more streamlined you have your relationships with your sphere of influence, your realtors, your your lenders, your accountants, your financial advisors, your home inspectors, you know, however that looks like for you, depending on what, what role you're in, the stronger relationships you have, the more successful you're going to be with the right folks. And that, and that's that's really yep. the biggest key is finding the right people who are aligned with a similar vision as you are. And, you know, that's the reason why it works in between John and I so well is because yep. you and I just, we share that similar vision on customer service experience. And it's funny because your past, you have, you know, past experience at Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. you know, I had past experience in retail management mm-hmm. and 
you know, it's funny that you say it's the little things because that's what Chick-fil-A says in their commercials. Yeah. But, but it, it really just comes down to, you know, those, those things. And, and, you know, the funny thing about the whole Chick-fil-A thing too, is that my standard response to thank you, even though I've never worked at Chick-fil-A a day in my life is typically my pleasure, which is usually what they're trained to say. So, you know, and again, it all comes down to the little things and, and what, things can you do a little bit differently that make you stand out? Absolutely, man. Well, thank you for your time. Super thankful for you and how you've been a part of growing my business and, and vice versa. Just it, it's crazy where we were, what, two, two and a half years ago and even what COVID starting, you know, two years ago and just to now, but very thankful for all you're doing for our mutual clients um, and just great, great communication, I think, is a huge part of it. We we the two of us and, and our clients have a group thread almost all the time. Now, there's certain times where like you're not you don't really need to see it. So if we need you in the thread, we'll tag you because most of it's like the house guy or there's times where like you're working out finance piece. I don't need to be involved, but like I'm there in the kind of lurking in the background that if you need something, I'm there. And I just think it gives a great experience to the clients. Yeah, absolutely. And and agreed. And, you know, sure, I don't necessarily need to be on those group chat threads, but it is nice that the moment every once in a while that uh, there is a lending question or something that maybe I can potentially answer or John, if you're busy and, you know, I happen to have, you know, yep. 80% confidence in the answer and, <laughs> and can run with it. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll do that as, as a customer service thing. So you know, again, the, the biggest thing I can emphasize for anyone who's listening is uh, it just really comes down to how strong are your relationships and how good or high, how high is the quality of people that you're working with in business. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate it so much. Again, thankful for you and appreciate uh, you being a business partner. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Finally, I'm glad we were able to make this finally happen. Finally, so glad to, to to be here and be a part of it. And and uh, thank you for the invite and uh, look forward to doing this again sometime down the line. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris, for being such a great guest on today's podcast episode. And thank you all so much for listening. As we close out, I'll share a few brief takeaways from my conversation with Chris. I loved what he said at the beginning where he talked about just doing things consistently and how he's been working on growing that in his business doing the things that others won't and doing the little things and how that's created success, especially as he does those things daily, weekly, monthly, etc. Like he said, all about building the relationship with the clients. He also said, you know, just showing up and building rapport with clients. And he did say, I think a huge point of this was he said, you know, sometimes on price, I'm going to lose. I might not have the best rate. Someone else might have the best rate. And so I have to win at service. I'm not going to let somebody beat me at service. And this applies so much to what we do as realtors. Again, there's cheap brokers out there that are going to be, you know, discount brokers that are going to list homes for whatever percent and discount it. That's not personally what I offer. And so if I'm going to lose sometimes on price to a discount broker, I need to make sure I'm winning on service so that if some people know that I'm going to do the best job and work the hardest. And that's why I believe I've had success and why I've seen Chris have success in both of our business. I love how, you know, he talked about, you know, it being about service and just being willing to, you know, not max out their budget, really talk to them about 
you know, to his clients about, okay, well, what's your max out of pocket or what's your max monthly payment and how he shares, just like I share with my clients, how, you know, I don't just want this one deal. I want to be your mortgage lender for life. My final takeaway is just openly communicate. And he shared how, you know, we in transactions that we do with our clients try to openly communicate and communicate well with them and how, you know, he'll he'll get a timeline with clients and just be open how, you know, maybe it's a Monday and that he knows that they're seeing a home and offers are due on a Friday, just having open and honest communication. If he's busy the next couple days, hey, I'm busy, but I'll get this out to you by Thursday. Or oh, you need offers to do tomorrow? Yeah, I'll get this done immediately. And so just that open communication with clients, I think is a huge, huge win. I've seen Chris do this with our mutual clients and he does a great job of communicating well with them and just setting proper expectation. And that is what I believe has led to a lot of his success. And that's really you know, why we get along. Our businesses operate in a very similar way. We do things similarly. So he's a great business partner, and I'm so glad I was finally able to have him on the podcast and bring him to you guys. So thank you guys so much. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I definitely enjoyed having Chris on the show and hope you learned something that you can apply to create success in your real estate business. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.